Hey guys, on this week's Wigs and Weiss, we talk about, wait, why are we still talking about Orlando Bloom? And things get stinky about natural deodorant. We both patrol some trolls. We have deep thoughts on Taylor Swift. So like I said, we patrol some trolls. Good point. And we have a brand new segment full of unwanted advice. Can we just say one more thing? We really miss the Obamas. This is Wigs and Wise. Cheers. Johnny Depp is not going to be a fan of this podcast. Oh, because we go after him hard. Yeah. You can hammer home how wrong you are, okay. like thank you, you did last thank week. Thank you for that opportunity. Don't eat at a salad bar <laughs> at a Pizza Hut, guys. I'm not about to, but... Why, is, why is that news? And you've done way too much work to look that bad. Yeah. Now, we all know Jerry Bruckheimer loves herself a power ballad. They were like, Lindsay, you're fired. I said, why? They said, because you weren't at work. She sits in a martini glass and kicks her legs up in the air. Let's get real. But Um, she's made herself successful by doing that. Good for her. No. Okay. It's an itch that you want to scratch. Barry Manilow is gay. I don't want to talk about this. Let's move on. This is kind of getting ahead of myself, but I just had to write, I fucking hate Alexis. (laughs) Irregardless of what I have seen, I just said irregardless. I was gonna come for you. Oh, why did they ever let Jaw Rule and a 25 year old plan no anything? No idea. <laughs> After sitting at my table for four hours and kind of threatening me with a knife, Mel Gibson tipped me like 75 cents. This is Riggs and Weiss. Okay, now we're. <laughs> Okay, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Congratulations, us. We figured out the podcast for another week. <laughs> we can, we, I mean, we always move it, but we can never move it. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi, Wigs. Hi, Wigs. How welcome, are you? Welcome How to, are you even? Welcome to Wigs and Weiss. I'm Lindsay Harbert Silverman. I'm Paul Kroos. And we are here to flip your wigs and pop your corks and everything in between. Ooh. 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 Oh, oh, <laughs> um, I need to just get right. I'm going to take the intro in here it. because Lindsay just detailed her weekend with her husband to me. And it was something out of a like crazy rom-com from the 80s where everything goes awry, but yet they survive and their love is stronger at the end. And all I'm going to tell you is this. The old Lindsay can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. That's why. She's so dead. <laughs> she's dead. I do apologize if I'm a little bit low energy tonight. And it's not even because I'm like hungover. I'm not. I didn't drink at all last night. Um, but I, you my, have a, a life hangover. Yes. I. So I'm not going to go into the full story. There's going to be a couple things that I touch on throughout the course, but uh, I will say that I I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror, and I realized that I had new gray hairs, and I thought I was crazy, and then I talked to my husband, and he has new gray hairs too, so... Labor Day was not the best weekend for Lindsay and Josh. (laughs) No. But she's here. I'm here. That's the thing, you guys. She's here recording for you. This is how much I care about this podcast. That's how much we care. That's we show up. It's game day. Yeah. Vince Lombardi. It, this is my Sunday. Is. <laughs> I don't even know. I but think he like yelled at people and said, show up on game day, didn't he? Sure. Why not? That sounds right. Well, then let's not waste any time. Why would we? Let's pop our fucking corks. Yes. Pop your cork. 
Um, do you want to start or do you want me to jump into it? I want to start because this story is so crazy. Good. At- um, so did you hear about this pastor that killed his wife? I heard about a different pastor, the one that just Yo. quit his job over a VMA thing. Oh, that I've not. There's so many pastors so many in the pastors. news. Because I was going to say Joel Austin or whatever. Oh, that the, piece of shit. I'm we're not, not even, about no. Him, no. We all know he's a piece of yeah. shit and he's the worst part of this world. Yeah. Um, no, tell me about the pastor that killed his wife. So this is Matthew Phelps and he's of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, he took a lot of cold medicine, fell asleep, and he took it with the intent to get high. It's pretty clear in this story. So he took Can you it, get high off of cold medicine? You know, like robo-tripping? Have you ever heard of that? See, this is how old I am. What's that? Well, this is from like when I was a teenager, so that's like No. Is that like Robitussin? Or, you take Robitussin and it makes you trip. It does? How much do you have to take? I don't I never did it, but I think it's you Should know, we you, try it some night? No, because I don't want to fucking kill you. Oh right, okay. So this is what happened. <laughs> he took a bunch of cold medicine. Because, quote, I heard it could make you feel good to the cops. He wakes up in the middle of the night from a dream, and he looks down, and he sees blood everywhere. His wife is on the floor. She's not moving. She's stabbed to death. And he says on the phone, I think I did it. So basically, he got super fucking high, went to sleep, had a crazy blackout dream and then stabbed his wife in her sleep. So what are we supposed to do with this? Don't take too much cold medicine. <laughs> and also this is my biggest nightmare. You remember one time I had that edible and I was afraid I was becoming a serial killer. So you're scared of being the killer. Yes, of course. Well, I would be send a letter to Josh. <laughs> There's more worry to be had. He in knows how crazy <laughs> his wife is. No, my biggest fear is that I so will get. So he just took a whole bunch of Robitussin and he just stabbed his wife to death. It wasn't Robitussin. It started with like a C, but yes, basically. Okay. So don't you don't don't use that stuff. Don't use cold medicine like more than it's intended. Is what we're saying. It's a crazy story and my biggest fear. <laughs> My biggest fear is that I will black out and hurt somebody that I love. Well, we should break that down in a separate episode and find out the the heart of it. Was there a time that have you? I mean, yeah, I've moved really heavy furniture. What if I black out and become a serial killer? I don't. Here's what I will. I'll stop you already. Okay. I don't think people that kill people worry about killing people. Probably not. So I but think you're. Do good. you think that Pastor Matthew Phelps? He was training to be a pastor. He wasn't actually a pastor. I think he worked at like. Costco or something. Um, <laughs> Shady. <laughs> I would work at Costco all those samples. Did he work at Costco? He, I think he worked somewhere like that. Okay. If he didn't, that was shady. Sure, yes, <laughs> of course. I don't... I think, yes, to, I mean, not to lead to your answer or to your question, but yeah, I think that a pastor does not know that he wants to kill people the way you do. Not that you're saying... Not, you're not saying you want to kill people. No, I'm saying that you I'm terrified. You have capacity to kill people. I don't think a pastor... I think a pastor has grown up thinking that he is protected by Jesus Christ and he would never do something like that. Oh. So he's the number one candidate to kill somebody. Probably. You're probably right. Because like it's like all it takes is one night with whatever medicinal supplement he chose and good night, wifey. Well, sometimes I can get drunk and be really mean. Sometimes? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'd like to start with Chizza. What's that? Who's she? she? I don't know her. Yeah, you're gonna know her in a second, and you're gonna want to vomit in your mouth. Um, 
Let me just pull it up real quick. I should have had it on. Okay, so Chizza is KFC's new venture into no. Holy Un Foods. Um, no, I'm out. Their tagline is all chicken, no crust. So Chizza is a big fried chicken filet, and then they cover it with pizza sauce, pineapple, mozzarella, chicken ham, and cheese sauce. Um, it started in what? Ja- it started in Japan, and it's made its way to Singapore. And uh, the folks at CNET went out and they gave it a dance. And I'm just going to leave it to them. And uh, their pull quote from this is that each bite of the chizza showed me regret does indeed have a taste. The sauce is incredibly sweet. And what? Has, and has, sweet? <laughs> and has that processed tomato sauce taste. Oh, God. Chucking a handful of super sweet pineapple chunks on top doesn't help. This is so terrible. Then there's the chicken ham. Which, of course, is a misnomer since chicken cannot be made into real ham. No. Rather, this creation of mad science is flattened chicken this mystery meat me that's altered to look and taste like ham slices. The actual base is, in essence, a giant KFC chicken filet that's been pounded flat. It's the oily, salty, crunchy chicken that by now you've probably come to either love or despise. Ugh. By the time you finish, you'll question your existence and will probably need counseling. Sadly, this chizza is not a winner. My gag reflex was active that entire time. So it's only available in Singapore where Emily Hopwood, if you're listening, my dear, go find it and send us an email and let us know what it tastes like. Because actually that would be an amazing thing to know. I would love to know. And we would owe you dearly to uh, to hear what the chizza tastes like. Ugh. Why do they call it? I mean, I know why they call it chizza, but somebody could have had a better name. Wait, why do they call it chizza? Do you Chicken think? and pizza. Oh. It looks like a pizza. Oh. On top of a chicken. I was thinking, well, you know. All chicken, no crust. Ugh. Next. I'm I'm literally nauseous from that description. Chizza, chizza. So it's Ooh, only. Who got the keys to the bizza? Uh, I'm going to, hold on. Okay. Oh. That wasn't even an ergo burp. That no, was a that real was a real. Caggy burp. That was a real ouch. <laughs> that was a real ouch. <laughs> <laughs> So, speaking of nausea, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom are back together. No, they're not. That's the word on the street because they went, of course, of all things, paddleboarding over the holiday weekend. What's with these two in paddleboarding? They love paddleboarding. They love paddleboarding. That's all they do. And sometimes he's in the nude. (laughs) It didn't seem like he was in the nude this weekend. It was one grainy picture. Also, what the fuck is the last movie Orlando Bloom has even made that we're still talking about Why do we still talk about him? I think it's Pirates of the Caribbean 7. That's the only thing like, he ever does, right? It's all he makes. Honestly, what does Orlando Bloom bet? I don't know why Lord he's the in the rings. news. He's always at the award ceremonies, which is how he and Katie got together in the first place. Oh. It was like the Golden Globes or something. I still think we treat him like... He's A-list when, when he should be like... Thank you. D-minus list. Did he used to be with Kate Bosworth? Y- yes. He reminds me of like how we treat Kate Bosworth, too. He, Kate, he should be. We still talk about Kate Bosworth like she's a thing. She's not a thing. No. Orlando Bloom also is not a thing. No. He so like no. had a baby with Miranda Kerr and that was it. Dating Katy Perry is the best thing that's going for him and he should assess what that means. Well, when, when they were together before her travesty of Witness, it was kind of like, oh, they're like a cool hip couple. And now they're together. And it's like, oh, this is a sad sack parade on paddle boards. 
So that's it. That's it. That's all you need to know. Why do I don't know? That's it. That's it. (laughs) I was going to go. Oh, they made a movie together. I don't think they they were together. What what was the movie called? Oh, Kate Bosworth. Yeah. Oh, no, they were together. Kate 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 Bosworth reveals why she and Orlando Bloom split. So they were together, but they're both fucking basic and so boring. He loves white, white girls with wide set eyes. Kate Bosworth, Miranda Kerr, Katy Perry. Oh, you're right. They do yeah. have their eyes are a little bit far apart, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Watch out, Amanda Seafried. He's you're, coming for you next. Coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So um, I've already given a shout out tonight, but I'm going to give a couple more out tonight to some listeners. Um, one goes out to a very uh, loyal listener named Jenny Lifson. Who asked me to ask you your thoughts on natural deodorant? Love it. Okay. Well, that will be interesting because she is all sorts of out on it and wants like to drag it to its death. So tell me why you love it and then I'm going to read you an article. So it took me a while to get on board with natural deodorant. First, I tried the crystal and that was hard for everybody, including myself and everybody around (laughs) me. It was not a good thing. So I feel the like crystal made, is the rock that you just shove in your arm? You make it wet and then you put it on your arm. Now I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow it made me smell worse. <laughs> but I know that regular deodorant is supposed to be terrible for you, especially women. Even just, is it deodorant and, and I always thought antiperspirant is the bad thing, but deodorant, is deodorant bad too? I think some like, like mass produced deodorant has different elements in it that you're not supposed to necessarily put in your skin. Okay. I knew like has um, like aluminum. Aluminum is bad and supposed to give you Alzheimer's. But like I thought that that was just antiperspirant, but I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. Continue. So antiperspirant is definitely the biggest bad guy. Okay. Um, But I found, okay, first I did the crystal, blah, 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 gross. Then I did, um, some like Whole Foods bullshit that had an overwhelming lavender scent that gave me a headache all day. Mm-hmm. And then I still somehow smelled. Mm-hmm. So it was just like terrible. I wear a brand called Amber Essence. It's out of Indianapolis. You have to order it online. Mm-hmm. It's spelled A-M-B-R-E. Okay. I use both their body oils as like a natural perfume and their deodorants. They work amazingly. One time my boss this year was like, I need deodorant. Does anybody have some? And I was like, I have some, but it's natural. And she was like, I, that's what I use. She used mine. She came in the next day and she's like, what was that? It was amazing. Okay. This turned into a little bit of a flipped wig. Here's the kicker. Uh-oh. It's $34 a stick. Get out of my face. But it lasts for Leave. a long time. Get the fuck out it of It lasts for Go, a long time. How long does it last? Does it last six years? No. Then no. $34 a stick. But it smells... Great. Get out. I can't stop using it. This I just bought is over. new. This episode is I even over. had people at work trying to convince me to stop <laughs> using it. I won't do it. I love it. This episode's over. I love it. $34 for a stick of deodorant. It lasts all day. It smells delightful. And I'm not going to have Alzheimer's and or cancer. So. Yeah, you probably still are. That's the thing. It's no, I like, definitely <laughs> will. I definitely will. If it's. A- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to wish up Alzheimer's upon you. No, but, but we both like, know. I if deodorant will. is what it is, you know what? I'm going to take some deodorant because I don't want to smell like that. And I also don't want to smell, smell like good. a lavender cooch. It doesn't smell like lavender. It smells like fucking earth. Well, Jenny, so I think you got the answer you wanted out of this Jenny, in the end. Amber Essences. But if you it's didn't. It's expensive, but it's so good. I found an article today for Women's Day with the title, I switched to a natural deodorant. It pretty much changed my life. 
Okay, bitch. It did not change your life. So Anne-Marie Kant, because of course her of name's Anne-Marie Kant. Of course it is. <laughs> her sworn by deodorant is Schmitz Naturals. That's the one that gave me a headache. Oh, well, she loves it. And she says, earlier this year when a friend encouraged me to try my first stick of Schmitz, I scoffed and said, if a men's deodorant won't help me, well, your hippie stuff certainly won't. Meanwhile, Anne-Marie, if men's deodorant isn't working for you, you have bigger problems. Yeah, you might want to get your hormones checked out or some shit. <laughs> she told me to shut up and try it, and I did. It is amazing. I'm such a super fan. I called up Jaime Schmidt. Uh, that's somebody? And made her tell me, I, it could be Jamie, but I don't. When people spell Jamie, J-A-I-M-E, I don't know how to say it always. It's I think Jamie. that's Jamie. Okay. I called up Jamie Schmidt and made her tell me all about the deodorant and how she started the company. Some fun facts from our conversation. Oh, this is the worst. You ready? Somebody wrote this. <laughs> it really works. Really. This is the first summer I haven't been worried about sweating through my clothes. Even though it's not marketed as an antiperspirant, the plant-based powders contained in the, the deodorant absorb wetness. There's a stigma attached to natural deodorants. Most people don't think they work, either based on their own experiences or general assumptions, says Jamie. And it's true that many deodorants do lack in their ability to control odor and help keep the underarms dry. We solve this frustration by offering a high-performance product without the aluminum or other controversial chemicals. She started in Portland in 2010, because of course she did. Of course she did. The deodorant doesn't use fillers, no water, so every single ingredient in the product is designed to be effective, which means you can actually use less. Um, The texture of the deodorant fluctuates with the temperature. It warms on contact with body heat, so you may need to let it soften a bit against your skin before applying it. Okay, I have to do that with mine, too. It was originally only sold in pots. Gross. Mine's on a stick, so... Oh, God. There's even a jar recycling club. Recycle five jars to their website, get a new deodorant free, which in your case would do well. That would be great. I would love like to do that. It's like buying a new car every six years. No. As that's the, why I haven't had a new car for 12. As the company was preparing to go into mass retailers, they're now in Whole Foods, Target, and Kroger, among others, demand for the stick deodorant grew. So Jamie spent endless hours perfecting the formula. I'm sure she's at her fucking Bunsen burner. She was initially resistant, but now she's <laughs> glad to reach as many people as possible. And she was not resistant. She's like, oh, those dollar, dollar, dollar bills? And wait, they don't smell like air freshener, she says. I prefer, of course, Ylang Ylang plus Candula. First of all. Stop. <laughs> Ylang Ylang has been around for long enough for us to know. What the fuck is Yang, Ylang Ylang? I don't know. Is it, is it, do we call it Ylang? I don't know. I think it's Ylang 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 or bergamot and lime. I do like bergamot. <sighs> Listen, if, I'm a hippie if I put, sometimes. If I put five things in front of you and said smell bergamot, you would have no idea where you were. That's not true. I have a bergamot body oil in my bathroom right now. Next, I'll switch to the charcoal and magnesium stick. If you Stop. saw my vanity full of so many DO options, you might wonder about me. Oh, we wonder about you already. When did you see yeah, girl, it's fine. Um, their flavors are, or their, not flavors, scents. their scents, sorry, are Ylang Ylang Calendula, as you said, Lavender sage. That's a good drag name, actually. Ylang Ylang Calendula. Yes. Lavender sage, bergamot lime, cedarwood juniper, and fragrance free. The fragrance free, you can go fuck yourself. That's not going to work. No. I do not You're gonna believe that there's... You're going to smell kind of sour. That will never happen. Yeah. I've talked about deodorant for too long. Although cedarwood juniper, I'm intrigued by. Maybe I'll go uh, buy it. You said this one didn't work. I know, but I like that. I like that combination. 
I don't know, guys. It's your turn. So, Jenny, that's for you. The thank you, Jenny. resounding uh, verdict is no to natural, natural deodorant. No, I'm still on board. You just have to pay that pretty penny. $36. 34 Oh, sorry. Plus shipping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> oh, no, Paul's going to die. <laughs> I like that I pulled the mic up. <laughs> My mouth's like, Sorry, continue. Okay, so like Paul and I mentioned at the top of the show, um, had the worst weekend ever. (laughs) The worst. I survived it with sheer grit and also the love for my family, including my dogs and my husband. Um, But the cherry on top of it all is that I had kind of gone into the summer with the sole goal to never hear Despacito. Oh, no. And uh, when I was on the phone with the rental car company on Saturday, I was sitting there and they put me on hold. And do you know what song played on hold? I think I have a guess. Fucking Despacito. I was like... (laughs) That's the whitest way that title has ever been said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure people in Indiana listen to it. Um, And it took me a solid like couple phrases and then... They said Despacito, and I was just like, oh, it's happening. Why is this the song of the summer? I This one I cannot wrap my head around, but I do also have to say, we have to remember that it is now tied. It did not beat One Sweet Day to become the highest charting number Thank one God, single of all time. Thank God, because that song is great. That song's fine. Let's it's not push it. great. <laughs> one Sweet Day? I would listen to that. Is that the song that you believe should be the highest charting number one single of all time? One mm-hmm. Sweet Day? When's the last time you've listened to One Sweet Day? More recently than you would think, because I actually right. listened to Voicemen because I had to go and take notes at a meeting. They well, were let's at. just stay focused on the fact that Despacito should not have beaten it. That's fine. No. Um, and in that list of songs that it's tied with is the Maca fucking Reina. Of course it is. Well, the Macarena should also not be a number one charting no. song. So that's the thing that's like, I think what's sadder for me is that I feel. I'm so old now that I am no longer part of a cultural moment happening like that in music. That bums me out. But also think about it this way. The cultural moments in music that all of us can agree upon are so terrible that it's okay to be out of touch with them. I don't know. Because I think, I mean, you just fought for One Sweet Day, which clearly was a song of the summer. But it's there not are like songs the fucking the, Macarena. No, but I'm like, there's songs of the summer that are obviously like they're, they bring us all together, the majority of us together. I'm sure the right. people out there that would say Umbrella is a terrible song. So but it good. was, it's, I mean, that's a, that's a song in the summer that I'm bonded and felt like, oh my God, we're all enjoying this moment. Despacito is a pop culture, like incredible, almost in the same way that like Game of Thrones is this thing that I'm just not part of. And I feel like I bum out when there's pop culture that I don't feel part of. I understand that. And Despacito is definitely one of those. But I don't think that you need to blame that on age. I think that you should blame <laughs> it on taste. Because you said yeah. I'm I'm too old to like. And Game of Thrones doesn't fall into that. No, so and that also Despacito comparison. is if if Umbrella came out next year and was the huge hit that it was when it was out, you would be right right on that. Absolutely. I don't know if the youth would be. That's the that's the thing. The Despacito thing happened at a wedding, the wedding I went to in July. That song like the dance floor was 
like going off and that song came on and I was like, eh, and I sort of, you know, when you gravitate off the dance floor at a certain point, cause you're like, I don't want to hear the song. Right. And people were going in and they were all young and they all like were singing every single word. And I was like, Oh no. But it's and that song. makes me feel old because sure. they were, and it's like, Oh no, I know the songs I can do the dance. And I just couldn't. And it was kind of heartbreaking and Despacito. Oof. I don't dislike it. Actually, I can listen to it. There's moments that it's like... It's fine, but it doesn't excite me. If Bieber Bieber wasn't on it, I think I'd enjoy it even more. Yeah, fuck you, Bieber. Yeah. But look what you made me do did take the top spot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I need to talk about DACA. Because yes. I don't want to. And it's, again, one of those ones that we've talked. I, I'm going to even qualify. You guys know we don't get into politics, but there are times when we, we have, have to. to. So I'm just going to blitz through this. You just raise your hand when you want to say something because I'm probably just going to go blind in a moment. That's fine. <laughs> that okay? I'll, I'll chime in. I'm just going to be your hype girl on this. Be because, my hype girl on yeah. this because I, I have thoughts. Um, so you guys... We all know, I think, at this point, what's going on with DACA. Is that the right way to say it, even? I feel like, I mean, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. I think that's what people have all accepted at this point. It's weird, but like when an acronym comes out and no one agrees on the right. pronunciation of it. Like but GIF or JIF. All we need to know is that 800,000 people, we can pretty much safely say that these are pretty great people, are about to be deported because Trump has cooked up a narrative that they are A, dangerous, B, taking jobs, C, a different color, or D, all of the above to people who are too misguided and misinformed to know better. Um, And they are, in the majority, uh, exemplary exemplary Americans. Yes. Because of what they have endured to be where they are today. An operative word is exemplary. Mm -hmm. There are 1.3 million people in this country who are eligible for, for DACA, but right now only 800,000 people have actually done it. That should show you alone how hard it is to do this. Right. If it were something that's just a breeze, all 1.3 million of these people would do it now, but only two-thirds of these people have been able to pull this off and do what it takes. Um, some of the th- qualifications to uh, be able to be... to quali- Some of the qualifications are um, to have continuously lived in the U.S. since June 15th, uh, 2007, to have completed high school or have a GED um, or have been honorably discharged from the armed forces or be enrolled in school, all exemplary things, Um, have not been convicted of a felony or serious misdemeanors or three or more other misdemeanors and do not otherwise pose a threat to national security or public safety. These are all things baked into what it takes just to qualify for the program. So put aside your these are dangerous people because 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 of what they need to do just to qualify they're not um, in the most recent survey of 3008 I'm sorry of over 3000 DACA recipients the average age that respondents said they arrived in the US was 6 and a half years old um, and many of these people said they didn't even know that they were unauthorized immigrants until they were teenagers. Of course not. Would no. you know that your parents are doing something that's against the law when not. you're that age? No, because they're protecting you. Exactly. In that moment, which is why this program began in the first place. Um, 80% of the people under this program went from an average of $20,000 a year to $36,000 a year. 
in terms of what they were earning, which means that they show that they are hard workers. And they have initiative. Yes. Um, 65% bought their first car. 16% have become homeowners. Of these 80,000 people, 16% are homeowners. 5% of this group have started their own businesses. Come on, you guys. Rescinding DACA leaves these people without a life vest, which in this administration is par for the course. Let's just unravel it until we have a plan and fuck all for anyone else in the wake. Like, let's just fucking unravel it because we just can. Not like there's a plan or there's a better version or there's even a reason to do it. Let's just unravel it. There's no... That's the thing that's so infuriating. There's no reason. No. There's no other things to worry about in the country right now. Exactly. Let's focus on 800,000 people who are, again, exemplary Americans. The luckiest of these immigrants, if the unraveling does take place, will be protected through 2020. The least lucky will be vulnerable in March or earlier mm-hmm. for deportation. This is all built on a ridiculous set of lies that's been spread around the country that these 800,000 people outside... Let's just say for a second that immigrants in general are dangerous people. This is a lie. It's, a, it's an outright lie yes. that you can classify immigrants as dangerous. Beyond that, that that's been applied to these 800,000 exemplary Americans is even more disgusting and appalling. And responsible for that, I want to put on a one Matt Gates from Florida, who is a Republican member of Congress. He's a doy-faced fat fuck who, of course he is, because that's what they are, um, came up and he's been uh, campaigning on a statistic that as of 2014, illegal aliens made up roughly 3.5% of our population and committed over 10% of all murders. Come on. He is saying, I know, just that, I love that that alone shocks you, that he thinks that illegal immigrants are responsible for 10% of all murders in this country. Wait till you hear where he got the statistic. From Fox fucking news. Oh, okay? so crazy. Would never have guessed that. He got it from an article from 2014 that said that more than 10% of murders were attributed to immigrants living in the country illegally. And thanks to PolitiFact, thank God for PolitiFact, we now know that that report only covered federal fucking crimes. Those federal sentences, because we know that murders are, they are judged on a state level. Yes. 75 people. That's where he got his 10%. 75 murders. He says now, no, not he, Fox News says that illegal immigrants are responsible for 10%. They were responsible for 10% of 75 murders, and now it's all murders. So this man is out there telling people in Florida that this is a fact, and he's allowed to do this because he's a politician, and we need to fucking hold him accountable for that. That is absolute bullshit. There is no national comprehensive report or database tracking the share of murders committed by unauthorized illegal immigrants because those crimes are handled at the state level. Remember that. So in Florida, it's not bad enough that Gates' basis for fooling people into thinking immigrants are more responsible for crimes from a Fox News article, but it's a Fox News article that misuses a report. Like, we have to keep remembering these things. Yes. I'm not about to say who is or who isn't responsible for violent crimes because there are white, black, Native American, Chinese, Indian, British, Mexican, Scandinavian, and Japanese people that all kill people. Absolutely. No matter where they are born and where they end up. 
There is no group that is more likely to murder and commit crimes. Oh, no, wait. No, no, there, there's one. There's white, white supremacists. Men. There's white supremacists. They actually do. Let's deport them. Not only will we lessen violent crimes committed for no reason, but we'll get those jobs back. Oh, no, 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 wait, actually. White supremacists don't do anything but live in their parents' basement and rehearse for a punk band that will never amount to anything. Oh, and there's, and there's one last thing that I have to just finish on. Please, please tell. The author of that fucking useless Fox News article with a fake-ass report was written by a special kind of monster. Remember her name, Malia Zimmerman. You know why? Because Malia Zimmerman is the one George. who did that Pulitzer-worthy piece about Seth Rich. She's the same bitch responsible for that. <sighs> know your facts, people. Be educated. Hold these people accountable for their bullshit because it is profound and they are deporting good quality Americans who are so much more of what this country wants to be than you will ever be. Ever. True. Soapbox off. My bullet point I might for Doc was... A little bit. No, don't. Don't. Uh, again, I'm a little bit dead today, but my... Only thing was, Trump adds to his ever-growing list of soulless evil man-child uh, agenda by ending DACA. I didn't know what I was going to say, so I'm so glad that you... Uh, <laughs> Lost my mind for no, a I, and a half minutes? Thank I you for doing all that research. And I can't just help but think about what this must feel like to be somebody who has, as to your, like you said, to not know why you're here. Right. To find out why you're here. A lot of these people, that the, uh, a lot of the like accounts are, I found out I was not a legal citizen when I went to apply for my license. That amazing day that you were going to learn to be a driver and have your freedom, uh-huh. they found out, by the way, you're not legal. And then from that point, you go, well, then what do I do to stay here and maintain a life because in the place the that I was that born? It's the only life that they know. And then you figure it out because of this plan that was thankfully crafted by Barack Obama, say his name, because <laughs> we miss him so dearly, and find out after that that this piece of garbage doesn't think you're a value. For no reason. For, For no, no reason. reason. Well, there is reason, because there are white people out there that think that they're taking, they're, like I said, dangerous, taking their... There's a false rhetoric that has been created that they believe and that has to be broken. Well, it's because they don't question it because with that rhetoric, they feel like they are the victims. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they're not. They need to be informed. Exactly. Hard. Hard and fast. Um, so I have one more popcorn. God, give it to me. Um, it's Taylor's new song. Mm-hmm. Not Look What You Made Me Do. It's dot, dot, dot. Are you ready for it? Is it that one? I think it's dot, 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 ready for it. Ready for it. Whatever. (laughs) I've only listened to it one time, so I can't give my full judgment on it, but I'm going to anyway. anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, upon first listen, it's like she's put every hyped up trend in pop music, put it in a blender and called it a pop song. It's so scatterbrained. I don't know what I'm listening to. Like some of it sounds almost reggae. Some of it's dubstep. Step. 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 Dubstep. I understand that she's going for a new persona, but she doesn't know who that is because it's not, to me, her put on persona of like, I'm this precious lamb and I live this perfect life. Now that her perfect life has been like kind of shattered, 
she doesn't know her focus. And I feel like this song is the biggest indication of that. I agree halfway. I think that the song starts as a, it it feels a little bit like a kind of, I hate to say it, but like a misappropriated white, like there's some, there's, there's some appropriated uh, rap happening where it shouldn't. And someone actually, I think on Vulture, I can't claim this, and they're right, is that her flow is identical to Nikki's on the Formation remix. Like it's the yes. same exact way that it flows. And uh, so she probably just took that. And it's one thing to do that as a fellow rapper. It's another to do it as, as Taylor Swift. As Taylor Swift. But it's the same in watching, and I think we're going to get to this, but watching Look What You Made Me Do, mm-hmm. when she's with Todrick Hall and all of these male, mostly black backup dancers, girl cannot dance. No, she can't. Nobody's ever accused her of being able to dance. And suddenly she's like about to have this dan- dance break that is completely underwhelming. She does the thigh slap from Mean Girls. Yes. Like she actually does. She does that. She does that. But with the intensity of like, I'm Beyonce. Yeah. You're not. No. And she vacated country music. She said, I I don't need to do this anymore because she loves pop music this much. Right. If you love pop music this much, I would hope that you would know better than to just kind of Xerox copy other stuff. You would think. It feels a little bit like from the first two singles that there's some copying happening. Super derivative. And this is coming from someone who has, I've seen Taylor plenty of times. I love Taylor's music at times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this, this two song showing does not give me a lot of faith, but this is what happens. I think when you reach the level, the zenith of Taylor Swift. There is no safe sort of like next step. You have to do something big and bold. Well, she's also high on her own supply. Oh, for sure. But she's never not been that. And even when she was that, I still liked the music. Yeah. I don't like love the music really. I find myself trying to make will myself to like the music more than I do. I think with Look What You Made Me Do, I totally bought her bullshit with the whole snake thing. I was like, yeah, fucking embrace that girl. Even though, like, politically, I am completely against her. I'm (laughs) against, like, a lot of shit that she stands for. But I'm just like, okay, you know what? I respect this. And then the song came out. I'm like, okay. The new one. The No, Look What You Made Me Do. If we're talking, like, body of work for reputation at this point. Yes. I am not impressed. Okay. Well, then can I segue into my flipped cork? Yes. So I want to talk about Look What You Made Me Do because we listened to it during our last recording at the very beginning, and I'm glad we didn't report on it right away because I don't think I've had enough time to sit with it. And having had enough time to sit with it, listen, the last thing you need is another gay man telling you his thoughts on Look What You Made Me Do on the podcast. I can have so many more. But irregardless, um, (laughs) the song is fun. The video is fun. Um, and it's not close to any of her first singles that she's ever put out, but I still appreciate it for what it is. Right. Um, I'm hung up on what the fuck it is that she did. Look what you made me do. You listen to that song. I've listened to it multiple times right now. She didn't actually do anything. She didn't do anything. If anything, the song 
alludes to, you know, like a list of names with your yours underlined in red and like she's going to kill somebody. Maybe I got mine, but you're going to get yours. And so I will put a like one single $5 chip onto red on the roulette table that maybe Taylor's got some stuff in her back pocket that she's going to drop. So I hope so too. But if she, but the fact that the song is called, look what you made me do. And you didn't really do do anything anything is why it's a flipped cork. It might, no, I'm just working on the levels. It's okay. fine. I feel a little loud right now. Do you feel loud on your headphones? <laughs> I feel a little. That's good. That's good. Okay. That's good. Because um, I'm glad she's owning in the lyrics of the song yes. what's happened to an extent. Um, but she's still playing the victim. Well, which she, play, she played with that yes. in the music video. She's playing it in a new way, though, which I appreciate. I'm giving her baby steps a little bit. We're like... In the past, it would just be something like mean, where it's like, you're not nice to me. Right. And now it's a little bit like there is a line where she says, um, what does she say? Uh, She says something where she's like, uh, yeah, you caught me or something to that extent. I can't Mm -hmm. remember what the line is, but she does own that like you got me, which she has to because I actually rewatched the Kim video today mm-hmm. and she's busted as all fuck in that video. You can't watch it and not think no. that she's not. I, ugh, I, yeah, he didn't say bitch. Tough shit. You're sitting there being like, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be, everyone's going to think that I'm not in on it and I'm in on it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then you change the narrative. You yeah. did it. You did that. Um, I don't think she owns it quite as much as I would like her to, but she at least has a moment of penance there. Um, I think if and only if that's it, there's, it's just not enough of note to me. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't really kill the old Taylor as like she likes to think if anything, it's like by killing the old Taylor, she's recognizing that her old self was often very phony, which is the last 45 seconds of the video, um, which is great. Um, But even watching it, it's like what you made Taylor do is become less fake. You were always a snake you're just less fake about the fact that you are a snake. You have to be more cognizant of the fact that people are on to you. Yeah. And if that's what Kanye made you do... Then good for good him. Or good for him. And maybe that's the message. Maybe she's like, just like... Doesn't seem like it. it. I mean, we're giving <laughs> a lot of grains of salt. Yes. I just... I, I if, if it were, look what you made me do, I was waiting for a bigger reveal. Agreed. I also will say that... Um, and I'm not on the Kardashian side by any means pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can all agree that when when Kim was robbed at gunpoint in Paris, that sucks. Mm-hmm. We don't want that for anybody because nope. that seems like a very traumatic experience. Part of Taylor's video is her in a bathtub full of diamonds. Full of diamonds. She gags herself with diamonds and also holds up a gun. Yeah, I think that that's in really poor taste. I, I'm with you there. I think so too. You know, like this is a woman who, for for better or for worse, like Kim Kardashian is not by any means an angel or whatever. Like angel's a bad word, but just like we would never be friends, I don't think. Yeah. And she's not blameless even in... No. I mean, I hate to say, no, that's victim shaming. She should never have been robbed by at gunpoint and threatened with her life by any means. But there's a little bit of 
there's a little bit of reap what you sow only in that you put diamonds exactly. on. Like, only in that like people know you have diamonds. You that's showed all. off. And that's the reason that a lot of people would say that she got robbed. Yeah. The fact that. And they know where you are when exactly. you have your diamonds because you're telling people within an hour of where you are, look at my diamonds. Yes. So they know where you are. You're going to get robbed. That's all I mean. So that No was, one should be ever assaulted. No. But the fact that Taylor pretty much like recreated her robbery in such a way that it's just like, yeah, bitch, I like, this is what you went through and I'm recreating it for part of my music video. It's, it's really icky because the look what you made me do then implies like you were mean to me and now I'm going to make fun of you. And it would be bad enough if if it were just that. But at the same time, Taylor, you're like, oh, I'm owning that. Like, yeah, actually I was really shitty. So you don't deserve to make fun of somebody no. like no one does, no. but you especially don't because you did some shitty shit. You really did. And I don't think it necessarily should have been a ballad by any means for her first song back, but this is the same woman who, when Kanye victimized her on a right. stage, her first song back was you're innocent. And I like, I, I feel for you. Like, I know what you did. You're just an innocent. You're just an innocent. It's like, have a little humility here and maybe come out not guns blazing for once in your fucking career. And also, if you do, let us know what you did because... We're still waiting. It's super unclear. Maybe it's the third single. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh, that got more fiery than Daka, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have a new segment... And I have a Troll Patrol. Okay. So whatever you think would go better first. Ooh, let's do Troll Patrol. Okay. Oh, shut up. Troll Patrol. Mine's really simple and quick. Anyway, I had a friend that wanted to go to Helen Ray's for part of Labor Day. Have you heard of Helen Ray's? No. It's this hot chicken place that's in oh, Chinatown. Yes. Nick's been there. A lot, like it's a long line, and he decided that he was going to go over Labor Day weekend because maybe it wouldn't be as long since a lot of people leave LA during Labor Day. And I thought that was a fine plan. LA is one of those cities that you don't have to worry about like holiday weekends because so much of the city leaves it, mm-hmm. you know? So he goes, he sends me an email and he says, um, went to Helen Ray's. I told my friend it was going to be a long line. They get there, they won't wait in the line. So he didn't get to have it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my Troll Patrol in honor of Brent and um, read the bad reviews. Turns out there aren't that many until you go to the filtered reviews. Yes, filtered. So I looked at the filtered reviews and then I was just like, okay, well, I'll just get into it. Um, Heather T says, well, it's not worth it. Why? Because had to wait a lot, more than three hours was the waiting time, and we were so hungry that it ruined our family outing. The food is so good and delicious, but the waiting time ruined everything. If you're planning to go out there with your family and want to have some good time... No, don't do that. Then this is not the place. Nadoy. Unless <laughs> unless and until you want to wait for so long. Again, like Brent said, he warned his friend, everybody knows if you go here, you're going to fucking wait. Yeah. And also, you didn't have to wait. You didn't have to. You didn't have to wait. Nobody had a gun to the back of your head saying, get your chicken sandwich. Yeah. Wait for your chicken. You stupid bitch. You could be like, oh, this is going to be like three hours. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe we'll wait until this is not as high. Go to Burger King. You'll be fine there because yeah. you're basic and an idiot. Matthew D says, takes too long to get food. Oh, yeah. It's all hype. 
I would suggest going to the store and making food yourself because it wouldn't take as long. Thank you, Matthew. Thank then you, just Matthew. Just go to the store and make food by yourself, Matthew. Don't go on Yelp. No. And also, again, everybody knows it takes a fucking long time. And then my favorite comes from Josie. Josie Grossi. I enjoyed eating at Cantor's for over 40 years. Familiar with wait staff, know some management, and always enjoyed my time there. Who cares? However, early this morning, stopped there to pick up one bagel, which I'm not supposed to eat, for my breakfast at home. When told one bagel was $1.75, I passed. When asked for validation for my two-minute parking in the lot, I was told I had to spend $5 to have validation. The woman, <laughs> the woman behind the counter was very sharp about it. I know part of the overall charm of Cantor's is to abuse the weights is the abuse the weight staff is known for. Used to be more fun years ago. The younger are more polite. I got angry. Yes, I did. You treat me like a dodo. I respond. For me, the front handled it as if I were as if I were in county police or a minor <laughs> penal colony. What the fuck? <laughs> She thinks she's on the Cantor's website. I don't know why, because it's Hal and Ray's, but Josie, <laughs> just Joe. I thought see? it was Josie this no. whole time. <laughs> Josie was thinking he was on the Cantor's website the whole time, and he was really mad that his bagel was $1.75. Go to the fucking store, Joe. Kitty girl. There are more one and two star reviews, but oh. all of them are literally, it takes too long for the food. No fucking shit, you guys. <laughs> And also, <laughs> nobody told you to wait two hours. Nobody told you to do that. That's what I, like, it goes back to no substitutions, right? Yes. That's why they put it on the menu. And that's why when you see a line that you don't want to wait in. You don't wait in that line. You don't wait in that line. These are things you understand as a functioning human being yeah. that can fit into civilized situations. Yeah. When you see something you don't like, you don't participate. Nope. Christ on a crutch. Like, what is going on Why is with it people? That hard? Why is that so hard? It's not. Here's it's the not. Thing. It's, it's not. not. It's not that hard. People just enjoy. They enjoy this. And if you have a friend that says, hey, I really want to go to this chicken place. It's going to be like two hours in the line. And you say, okay, cool. You go there and you say, I don't want to wait in the line. You're a shitty fucking friend. You got two feet. Leave. Take them in the opposite direction. Just take them the way you were walking. You but take, turn around. You like take you, one of them and you step uh, 90 degrees mm-hmm. and then you take the other one. You follow you that follow foot. that and then you do 90 more degrees. You do it one more time. And you do it one more time and then you just keep going the other That's direction. That's why it's 180 degrees. You just turn around. Well, I got a troll patrol for you then. I'm ready. So this one goes out to one of my BFFs who's in town this weekend. Goes by the name of Mike Rich. Mike Rich in the house. Uh, also, my liver is ready for you, bitch. <laughs> I don't know if it is. He's also no, a Wigs and Weiss stan. So because he's in town, I want to throw one out for him. Um, we, when we lived in uh, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. we would frequent the Fridays in Massachusetts. I because love because how that's fucking what you basic do. you are. <laughs> we didn't have anywhere else to go. Oh, I love a and bitch that loves the Fridays. we had many a great conversation at the Fridays. Oh. I mean, if it's going to happen, it might as well be now. Come on. So I thought to myself, in the same way that one would see a line at um, the hot chicken place, or one might see no substitutions, one might know when you go into a Friday's, you know what you're going to get. 
fucking twice baked potato skins and they are going to be delicious. And if you don't want that, if you have an issue with the fact that your food was made probably three months ago and frozen sure. and reheated for your pleasure, don't go. Well, here are a few people that made the mistake of still going with that understanding. Creshawn G. from Cleveland, Ohio, somehow. Now, bear in mind, this restaurant is in Framingham, Massachusetts. I was having a great night out with my coworkers until I saw a mouse fly by me. <laughs> I really hope that mouse has a jetpack. <laughs> and little tiny goggles. Little goggles and maybe a scarf. And like a little helmet. Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> Why is he his name is Creshawn. Creshawn the flying mouse. Yes. Oh, can I have him as my buddy? At that time, the food had just been packed up in a to-go box. I was still skeptical about the food after I had eaten. I had... (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I did take home a doggy bag, but to nerves to eat it, so I threw it out. This is how he wrote it. This is not me. No, I believe you. I never experienced this ever at a Friday's in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, go back to Cleveland. You've never seen a mouse fly through the air. And welcome to America. Like, what a beautiful moment. Like, right after your meal, did you see a mouse fly through the Mice air? Mice are free to fly. Um, okay, yeah. BC from Key West, Florida. Plenty of people coming to the Framingham Fridays, by the way, from Why? out of state. Training of the staff as to what a waitress duties are in society. Pause. Whoa. Pause. Whoa. A waitress duties are not ever necessary in society. No. Like that's not there's society does not hold a norm for waitresses. No. 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 Training of the staff as to what a waitress duties are in society would be a good start to improving this location. I'm sorry. Quote, no problem is not the appropriate answer when someone says thank you for their food. <gasps> oh, no problem is not okay? So says BC. Okay, BC. Well, you know what? Sometimes people like to zhuzh up their their things that they say. Well, listen to what BC thinks. Come on, BC. Come on. You're welcome is the appropriate answer. Also, if I use my utensils during lunch and then order dessert, it would be appropriate to bring me more silverware You're without my having to ask. You are in a Fridays. I guess this is why you work at TGI Fridays and not a classier establishment. I'm sorry, but you're eating there. And you're also getting dessert during lunch. So maybe think about your life. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I have been to many TGI locations, and this one in Framingham is by far the worst. No, it might it's al- not. It might also behoove you to hire a bartender with some personality. Who taught her behoove yesterday? Mm. And the last one I'll just say is Joe S. Besides it being really dirty and having bad food, there is just too many other negatives. So I'll just say, no, don't go. <laughs> Listen, I you know not- what? Sometimes when they keep it that simple, I'm like, okay. I'm on board. But also, <laughs> you know what was the no, don't go sign for me? It's called TGI Fridays. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you choose not to go to a Friday's, that's fine. Yeah. But when you walk into the front door of a Friday's, you know what you're going to get. Absolutely. I'm going to get a Fiesta salad and it's going to have half a quesadilla yeah, on top of it. Exactly. And they're going to say that that's like garnish. Imagine when you walk into a Friday's that you are opening the door to a freezer section of a grocery store. Yes. And if you are dissatisfied by that, don't go Your to a Friday's. Fault. Don't go to a Friday's. Period. Yeah. That's what you're eating. 
Because, man, if you can go in there and embrace what you're eating, you're going to have a good night. Absolutely. I will go in there and have some chicken wings and a martini. Uh, Blue curacao somewhere in that martini? Yes. Don't do that. Okay, people? All right. So this next segment, this is brand new, you guys. It's called Second Opinion. It's not a first opinion. It's a second opinion. Ooh. And what we're going to do here... I always have one of those. ...is I found the archive for Dear Abby. Because you know what we want and what we've asked for 7,000 times but y'all don't do is email us and ask us like your advice or thoughts <gasps> Ooh, or whatever. Ooh, I love this. So in the meantime, while we're waiting for you guys to give advice, we thought maybe it would behoove us. Thank you, friend of uh, Yelp. BC <laughs> yeah, BC. Something? Yeah. Um, to show you guys that we can give good advice. And so what we're going to do is this. We I'm going to read a Dear Abby question, right? And Lindsay, you're going to help me pick the question from uh, a bunch of years. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to advise the answer before Abby does and see if we align with her advice. I love it. Are you ready for this? I okay. love it. So give me a year between 1991 and 2017, please. 1997. 1997. Great year. All right. Now I'm going to give you, I'm just going to scroll through and I'm going to start listing off um, titles of the article and you tell me when to stop. Okay. Loving parents cherished no matter what their age. Aches of older parents were big worries for a little child. Woman in humdrum marriage wonders if soulmate exists. There we go. Let's do her. So from December 16th, 1997, the question is this. Dear Abby, what percentage of people find their soulmates? You once advised a young man who had doubts about his relationship to keep searching. How long does one search? I am married to a man who is decent and has similar values to mine, but he is definitely not my soulmate. If I had kept searching for my soulmate, would I have found him? What if he lived in another state? How would I ever find him? Would I have been too old to have children by the time I found him? There's a lot of questions already. There's a lot of questions. All right. But we have to, but it's not done. I know. I'm ready. (laughs) I have pondered these questions all my life. In my experience, love is not equal. I once found a man I thought was my soulmate, but he didn't really love me. And some men in whom I had no interest pursued me. This confuses me. Isn't it supposed to be that two people find each other and fall madly in love? My husband and I have children, and they are the joy of my life. I suppose I love him, but it is more like loving a brother. There is no passion. I thought he would open up eventually, but he never did. I have seen people who have happier marriages, but I think... It is basically dumb luck that they found the right person, and that person loves back with equal fervor. Abby, I don't expect you to have all the answers. I hope not, because it's a lot of questions. But I needed to ask someone. Thanks for listening. Signed, Examining Life in Ohio. Lindsay, you're up. I'm going to take an probably not a popular opinion... And say, yeah, she's right. It's probably mostly dumb luck, especially in that time of life. I think now we're a little bit luckier that you can do online dating. You can like meet people that are not in your central place. And in 1997, you thought that you needed to meet somebody by 25 so you can pop up with some kids. You didn't have as much time, all this stuff. Um, But she probably isn't with her soulmate. And she probably, if I had to guess, they are probably divorced now. And one of them is remarried, maybe still unhappily. This is so depressing. 
Well, it's, I mean, you could also take a moment, too, to think, what did Abby say? I agree with you up to this point. So what do you think in the time Abby said? I think in the time Abby probably said, you have children with this man, and maybe you can find a way that you can love him in a way that you don't realize now. Interesting. I'm going to take a different approach okay. to what Abby's saying because okay. I am on the same page with you in now time. Right. Let's agree to that. I think we have more resources that would, this situation wouldn't be, it would still be happening, but in a different way. The yes. way she's saying it. Um, I think Abby's going to say this. A lot of your questions concern me uh, examining life in Ohio. Love is not dependent on who else is in the world. It's about who is next to you and that relationship. And from the way you're speaking about that relationship, it does not seem that love exists. Ooh. I would examine where you are and I would say, is this a relationship that works for me, not just because of where I am and sort of wondering, but because I have children, because I have people who are learning from my relationship. Damn. And if I continue to stay in this relationship, will I not only be a detriment to myself, but to the people around me? That was some deep shit. Let's see what Abby said. Let's see what Abby said. Dear Exabiting. Dear Exabiting. <laughs> Dear Exabiting. <laughs> Dear Xanadu. Oh, it's a paragraph. She did not give the response that I thought she well, would. Well, I also wasn't... She's like, shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> you ready? Ready. I'm happy to listen and wish I could answer all your questions. Shade. Mm-hmm. Just as no two people are alike, no two marriages are alike. Some couples are content with brotherly companionship, which can include a deep and meaningful love. Others enjoy a fiery passion. Some have both. However, it's important to remember there is a vast difference between real life and fantasy. If the pluses in your marriage outweigh the minuses, you are better off than many. I'm not mad at that answer. No. No. I think that that's completely... I think she walked that line very well. Yeah. And it's interesting that she distinguishes a brotherly companionship in a marriage that like that's something that can work for some people. I think there are plenty of marriages that become... Like, I love you so much. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Let's both read our books. Yeah. Let's, like... And there are plenty of people that don't have that, that would love that. Yeah. And she's like, and some people are fiery and some have both. I love that she does also say that there is a vast difference between real life and fantasy. That was also some low grade shade. She's like, you are imagining that there's something out there yeah. that's... Not necessarily that. You're not going to get that. And maybe if it's you a find... perfect answer. It is. Abby's fucking good at her God job. Goddamn, dear Abby. Well, we should keep working at this and do these every so often and make I'm down. And see how often we can align ourselves with Abby. Want to flip your wig? Yeah. Okay. It's time to flip your wig. Want to start? Yeah, because my wigs are like... I know. It's not a happy week. It's not. And I told Paul coming down here, I was like, I literally Googled... Tell me some good news. I just... It's like a bummer. 
Yeah, it's it, but that's you know, all the more reason why we should push ourselves to find more good news. That's because true. As we that's have people true. that listen, and we think you guys care about good news too. I will say, um, my first little flipped wig is today is the last day that Mercury is going to be in retrograde. How many times do I have to say, get out of here, get gone? I don't know what exactly it means. I don't think anyone does. But I know that it's supposed to be bad shit. So when I came into work today and my coworker was like, Mercury's out of retrograde after today. I was like, well, thank fucking God because I'm done. Yeah. So guys. Take your shit and go. Yeah. Pack those bags, Mercury. Yeah, Mercury. In retrograde. I don't know what it means. Stop being emo. Let me live. Can I live? Right? Can I live? Girl. Ugh. Ugh, Be gone. Be gone. Okay. Um, My first flip wig, uh, I'll start with some shade and it'll get to my flip wig, I promise. I watched the VMAs mostly. I did not watch the whole thing. Miley was pretty great. I still don't like the song, but I thought it was like a fun little performance with the kids on the motorcycles and the old people. Um, I watched a single minute of Lord, um, but my niece was in town about a month ago and she did cartwheels on the beach. So I saw the enough. same performance. Um, uh, Sean Mendez can sing. I didn't know that, but good for him. Katie still loves a stupid prop. Fifth Harmony killed that bitch, which was fantastic. That was hilarious. I want to say that the one that did a drop needs to take a lesson from every other drag queen in America. But okay. But Pink. Mother of God, Pink. Um, The performance, the only thing I'll say that was a little bit of a bummer was that it was too short for me and too focused on um, the new song. Mm -hmm. I would have liked a little more of a retrospective that like someone like Beyonce got. Um, And I think a little bit is that like people look at Pink like an old lady and that's sickening, but that's MTV. If it were the Billboard Awards, she'd probably get 15 minutes and hopefully maybe she will someday. Um, but it was still awesome. I love that she took the time to mash up her songs in an interesting way and was like, I'm not just going to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Um, the, uh, lawnmower was hilarious. The chainsaws and the censored, like it's, it's a great performance, but the highlight is her fucking speech. Her speech was amazing. Which if you haven't seen it, get thee to a computer and listen to her, tell her daughter and all young interesting girls how beautiful they are because Mm -hmm. it was spectacular it's the good we need in the world it's all that self-care awesomeness that we don't see often especially in pop music definitely a beautiful pop female who is just a feminist and is talking about gender and just being a badass like, I don't know what else there is to say about Pink, but she's a fucking queen. I fucking love her. And I also want to say, because this was, I think we talked about it briefly, but when it, they said that they were giving her the Video Vanguard Award and people came out and were just like, who the fuck is Pink? Like, what? she was in one video, Lady Marmalade. Oh. Come on. Let me say some things to you, whoever said those words. There were, there were thing pieces written by like fucking reputable magazines. I'm like, you're trying to come for Pink, who has been probably outside of like Beyonce and mostly like women of color in the industry. She's probably the most woke white pop star there is. I'm going to say this right now. Prior to Lemonade, she said to her husband, so what? Like, you broke my heart and I'm still here. She did it first. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Like, I love me some Bay, but no. Like, that was said first by Pink. She's amazing. And if you cannot understand why she's got, she got this award, then maybe you should just Google Pink. Do yourself a favor and Google Pink and have the best day of your life. Seriously. A phenomenal pop star's career. With great videos, great performances. Anyway. We don't need to say anything else. We know. But Pink, thank you for your words. You are a legend. And And you know who loves herself some Pink? It's Julia Michaels, who was singing every single... Like, you cut to the crowd sometimes in the VMAs, and they're all so fucking Xanaxed out and drunk that nobody seems to care. And what I love is someone like Julia Michaels, who is standing up, singing every word, and just, like, loving how much she loves Pink, because she's a fan still. And um, she tweeted, I believe... Like the next day, you're my hero, and Pink tweeted back, "You're mine." To which I would say, "There's your opening act for your tour." Yes. But I also was wondering, could there be a world where Kesha could also be part of that? Well, Kesha's doing her own tour. She's doing a small stage tour right now. Right. But if she wanted to continue that in some way, oh, for sure. Even if because I I don't think I think Kesha's too big right now to just to just do opening for Pink. Yeah. But like. If it's a pink headlining featuring Kesha yes, with opening act Julia Michaels, I am there ding, for that. Ding, ding, that yes. checks every box. Yes, that's like get a hotel room because I'm not going home that night. No, I'm going to lose my mind, yeah. strip my skin off my body, dance around. <laughs> I love how muscle naked. Okay, and then put need my. To happen though, it's you know that you to. don't need to remove no, your skin going when to. you're happy. I will. <laughs> I'll put my skin back on, okay. like my hoodie okay. pajamas. Take it, off. Take it off. And then I'll go to bed. Okay. But in a nice, nice hotel room. Your turn. Um, so we all know and love Lactatia, the eight-year-old drag queen, correct? I don't know her. So Lactatia is the same small drag queen that was in that, that Bianca video that you shared months and weeks ago. Bianca talking. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. So Lactatia has not gone away. Months and weeks ago. I never know the time that has passed. I'm like, it's the other day when it was like two years ago. We are approaching a year next month, by the way. I know. We have to figure out like streamers. (laughs) (laughs) So Lactatia is an eight-year-old drag queen who is our only hope. I wrote, save us Lactatia, you're our only hope. And I like when you tell the audience what you wrote instead love, of just saying. Well, here's what the thing: you wrote. like I write it and I'm like, "This is funny," and then just <laughs> reading it feels so stiff. So I'm like, "This is what I wrote." It's only been a year, you guys. We're learning. We're figuring out training wheels. Um, I was sent this by my cousin Annabella, who is an equal opportunity lover of drag queens. And she sent it to me on a Facebook message. And um, so Lactatia was first hit the spotlight at a Bianca show. Bianca invited her on stage. She's an eight-year-old drag queen. She threw some shade at Bianca. She said that Ginger Minge was her favorite queen, all this stuff. And then there was another mini documentary that was um, released probably, I saw it maybe three or four months ago. And it was about her relationship with her mom, who was the first to like help her put on her makeup and how empowered she feels in drag and how she just feels like this is her expressing herself. And to just see a child who loves this art form and to have parents that support her um, is amazing. So Annabella sent me this little mini documentary about her, and I just wanted to share a couple quotes. Um, 
Lactatia says there aren't many kid drag queens because people think it's inappropriate. Inappropriate just means you look good. Get it. Um, and then when it comes to drag, she said it's it's a way of expressing your feelings. We need more people to be free. And while she's saying all this, there are young people and older people just like supporting each other and performing and death dropping and dancing and snapping. And it really is. It feels like such a supportive environment. And what's wrong with raising our kids in an environment where they feel safe to be exactly who they are? So big snaps to Lactatia and her parents and the fact that they're allowing this eight-year-old child to express him and herself in the way that... Feels great. It's the next, it truly is the next social movement. I mean, there is absolutely, fundamentally, nothing wrong with a male wearing women's clothing. No. If you think that there is, you should just sit down and think about what that means. It just means you, that that's not what you want, but that doesn't mean that there are I think people. it's more than just what you want. I think that there is something implied about what that what it means for that child. And I think it's tethered right. a little bit to homosexuality. And I think the best of people that worry about what a boy wearing girls clothing means is that they don't want their child to be treated differently because they might be gay. Yes. That's like something that I can definitely empathize with. That was my, my, my own mom's reaction to me coming out of the closet was saying like, I just don't want people to treat you differently. And so I think a lot of it sounds from that. I think the worst of it is just like maybe something about you and who you are. But I would just challenge people that if that if that sheer notion of your young boy or girl wearing clothes and embodying a different gender bothers you, just take some time and think yeah. about what it means. And maybe just quietly grab a book about gender and just read it to yourself and just and just examine it if you feel like that's something that's and by the way, every single person on this podcast has no problem with drag. No. But no. if you know someone <laughs> that Maybe if you see something, say something. To this part of the podcast. Because yeah, everyone, if you put on if you if if, if if there's something about putting on a pair of stockings that makes someone feel a little bit better about themselves, let, let it be. them. Let it be. They're not killing anybody. No, they're not. And thank God for that. Um I saw an excellent movie that gets an A. In my book. Yes. It's called Ingrid Goes West. I want to see it. I loved it. Really? Top to finish. Um, it's the, the premise of this movie. It's Aubrey Plaza who plays a damaged woman. One could argue if she is any more damaged than the people that she is relating to. But she gets connected to a Instagram star and becomes infatuated with her and tracks her down. It's played by Elizabeth Olsen who's also... Criminally underrated, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, and hijinks ensue. It's dark, but it is incredibly accurate. It is, uh, there's a couple times that you're thinking it might go off the rails and it doesn't, it recovers. And it's just, it's for me, one of those perfect black comedies that uh, doesn't really get made anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it and I, th- I highly recommend it. And Aubrey Plaza. Nick and I were talking as we left the theater that, like I said, this is Aubrey Plaza playing something different. He was like, some people might not argue that because, like, she's still droll. She's still right. Aubrey Plaza. And I was like, but she is, while she's being droll, she's much more vulnerable and she's a lot more flawed and she's not her usual bristled kind of I know everything self. And we were talking about that and I said, 
how many times can Zach Galifianakis get away with being Zach Galifianakis on two different levels and still be Zach Galifianakis? And here is a woman who is doing it. I mean, I would say her Parks and Rec character from this, there's like, I can't think right now, but there's a bunch of other times I've seen her play variations on Droll in different ways. Oh, even like as horrible as it was, Brad, Bad Grandpa is one of the worst movies you'll ever see in your life. I've never seen it. But she played a sexy version of Droll. This is a very talented actress who needs to be more respected for what she does. Yeah. She's outstanding in this. The movie's great. Check it out. I can't wait to see it. And and just to dovetail on that, there are so many... Like, George Clooney only plays George Clooney. He's never he played anything but George oh. Clooney. And we love him for it. Right. Aubrey Plaza can play a dynamic character that just has this underlying tone sometimes, and even sometimes not. Yeah. Like Sometimes you have to think about, well, maybe is it just her face and the tone of her voice? That are kind of out of her control. Yeah. But she's still entertaining and fucking... Yeah. And I mean, I'm sorry, Tina Fey, not a talented actress in my opinion, but because Tina Fey's thing is that she, or even Amy Poehler to that extent, is that she's a little bit bubblier, we'll put them into blockbuster after blockbuster because they're being typical women. Here's a woman who's a little bit of a disruptor and it's like, oh, she's, her hair's too dark and she, her eyes don't make eye contact with mine. She's nah, not making me feel as not comfortable as I want to be. Aubrey, I'm here for you, girl. Not that she needs it. That's what's great, too. She's like, She's I'm making a movie fine. every six weeks. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> There's thanks. nothing like us championing people that don't need just our like, help. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys, but I'm I'm good. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Will you take us with you? <laughs> um, so I have one left. Okay. And it's just the Obamas. Um, so Obama, Brock... Oh, thank you. Yes. He released his statement criticizing Trump and DACA, his like stopping DACA. And I just implore you to go to his Facebook and read it because I'm not going to summarize it with any justice tonight. You can all assume that he has a very eloquent and thoughtful answer to what Trump did and he does and still wish he was our president. And then Michelle Obama dressed as Beyonce from yes, Formation for her birthday. Yes, and I just want to say, Michelle has been very clear on the fact that being in the White House was torturous for her and her family. <laughs> um, it was torturous for her as a black woman. People said terrible things to her. She was criticized for wearing a sleeveless dress. It was a hard time. So the fact that our former first lady has the confidence and ability and no more fucks to give to dress as Beyonce from the formation video to wish her a happy birthday. Yes, queen. Yes. I'm here for it. I support it. And I hope there are more of this iteration of Michelle Obama to come. And remember when Michelle Obama was criticized for that sleeveless dress and for a split second, Nah, split second. People were really upset that um, Melania wore high-heeled shoes into a flood, and we were so mean to come for her for that. How dare you? She wore high-heeled shoes in a flood. Five-inch heels. While her husband into a disaster, did a press tour telling everyone during a hurricane, keep up the good work. You guys are the coolest. Isn't this fun? Look at this crowd. Look at all the people that are here. Um, go have fun. <laughs> He loves a hurricane. He's the weirdest. We're not going. We're in a good place. Um, my last flip wig goes out to Queen. 
Michelle fucking Pfeiffer. Oh. Did you see her? I did not. On the red carpet. No, sir. For Mother exclamation point. Did not. Well, I'm about to show you. But I am going to go see Mother. I'm very excited. I feel like it is going to be a train that has split off the rails <laughs> and you just need to go in there with like every edible you ever taken. I know you can't, but yeah, like. Yeah, I might kill the theater. There's the only way you can see that. It looks batshit, but I think I'm in for it too. I'm, I'm buying the bullshit because I always buy the Darren Aronofsky bullshit. I would buckle up for this one. The reporter says that somebody yelled fuck you to the screen during the screening he was at. So. No, really? Yeah. But I don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily. I just think it means like know what you're going into. Much like Troll Patrol. No, guys, hey. Exactly. Mother, it's not going to be. Be informed. The Hunger Games. There's going to be some crazy fucking shit. If you go see Mother, buckle up. But look at Michelle Pfeiffer on the red carpet. You're not even ready. Let me see. Because I'm going to show you two pictures. There's that. Hey, girl. That's the hair that I'm trying to get tomorrow. That's the hair. It's the dress. It's the pose. It's the makeup. It's the face. And then wait. <gasps> Shut the fuck up, those shoes. What are you even going to do with that? Look at those You're going to create a unicorn. shoes. Queen. She looks Queen amazing. I had forgotten about. So it's time for the uh, Pfeiffer sauce. Pfeiffer sauce? Mm. Why not? I heard Pfeiffer sauce at first. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. So I'll dip my chicken nuggets into that. I'm hoping it's maybe the role in Mother, but if not, writers, get your pens ready because Pfeiffer is ready. She's already had a resurgence she because has. she was in the Bertie Madoff movie, which you didn't love it. Um, She's got better stuff coming. Yes. But look at her. My God. That's when you get the work done early enough. You know what I mean? Like she started early up. enough. Yeah. Yeah. That jawline is on point. But no jowls shoes. there. My God. I want um, those shoes. Where do I go to get those shoes? Nowhere that I can afford. I think Payless. I think Payless. For sure. They've got it for me. So, guys, thank you, as always, for listening. Yes, thank you. Um, We do want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the victims of Harvey. And for anyone that is in the path of Irma, please be safe. Be do very not, safe. We have nothing but an example to see of to see the power of nature right now. And don't take chances and be safe and be careful. If and you think that maybe you should leave, leave. leave. If you can. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like yeah. we don't, we know obviously not everyone can, but um, yeah, we're thinking of everybody and um, we thank you guys for listening and we'll be back in a couple weeks. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, please send them our way at wigsandweiss at gmail.com. And if you have the time to rate and review, that we're works always too. down for that. Um, and thanks for we listening. love you. Yeah, thanks, Wigs. Bye, Wigs. Bye.